Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. This week we're going to be talking about a particular aspect of Church Society's work that perhaps uh, you've not come across before or uh, not heard about and that is Churchmen. Churchman is the theological journal that we publish. Uh, It comes out quarterly. Um, We have been publishing it for many years and it has a history uh, even older than that. And I'm going to be talking uh, today to the person who has been editor of Churchman for a very long time. Good. So I'm talking to Gerald Bray. Um, It's appropriate, I think, that we're meeting at Tyndale House. I think this is probably where I first met you, Gerald. Um, so I was here for a number of years while I was working on my PhD and working for Tyndale House, and you've been in Cambridge and around at Tyndale for a while. Since 1972. Yes, since before I was born. I wasn't going to say that, but I thought it might be of that age. And Gerald, um, you have been uh, also involved in Churchmen for a long time. Indeed. 35 years as editor, Yes. and you were on the board as well before that. I was. So, yeah, so quite a while. But you are stepping down from that role at the end of 2018. Yes. Could you tell us, not all of our podcast listeners, I think, will necessarily know what Churchman is. Um, So maybe you could just uh, explain what it is, first of all. That would be helpful. Well, Churchman is a theological journal uh, with um, a certain evangelical bent to it. Uh, It originated in the 19th century um, with the aim of providing a scholarly material for people from the evangelical wing of the Church of England. Uh, It has gone through a number of reincarnations over the years, uh, but it is now uh, owned by church society uh, and uh, endeavours to produce uh, academic work of high quality Um, as well as maintain the uh, interests of the evangelical wing of the church. Right. So, yeah, so it's those sort of distinctives. It's evangelical, it's Anglican, um, but it's also academic and aiming to to be of a high quality. Um, And it's a a print journal, comes out four times a year. I was slightly taken aback when I first came across Churchman by the title of the journal, Gerald. Could you tell us what a churchman is? I don't think that's a word we really use much anymore. No, it's not. It's a word from the 19th century, of course, and it meant somebody who was loyal to the Church of England as opposed to a nonconformist at that time. And... Uh, it was meant to def- part of its original briefing was to defend um, the interests of the of, of the national church and and members of the national church. Of course, as time has gone on, um, the, the original purpose has faded to some degree. Uh, this is inevitable, I suppose. Mm. Um, you know, and but it's a, a difficult problem because what do you do? If we can't really change the journal's title at this point because people would... Wonder. It would feel like a different journal. That's right. People would wonder what on earth it was. And it's, got, it's been going for such a long time um, that, you know, to do anything with it seems... Uh, yeah. Doesn't you, the gain, whatever gain there might be it would be offset by the loss of familiarity. Yes. Well, it might be a thing that we discuss at some point in the future, but I think it is helpful people just to understand where that word comes yes. from. 
because mm. because it's not commonly used. We sometimes talk about someone with a particular kind of churchmanship. Yes, but you... well, that, of course, is the origin of it. Yes, mm. great. And as I say, you've been involved with it uh, for uh, the best part of 40 years or so. There, there have been some up and downs even during that time with the journal. Mm -hmm. Why have you felt that it's an important thing to keep persevering with and to keep it going? I think it's important uh, for two reasons. One, because... Uh, the evangelical wing of the church needs to have uh, its at least a foot in the scholarly world somewhere, um, particularly when it comes to Anglican things. I mean, we need to have an outlet, um, you know, for serious articles about uh, our our history, our doctrine, our liturgy, our, our liturgy, our beliefs, and you know, our whole position many different ways. Uh, so that is that is important and. We cannot rely on others um, automatically to publish things. I mean, I, it's not to say that um, other journals would never publish anything, uh, you know, from our constituency, but it's not a, a guaranteed outlet. I think that's one uh, yes. reason why it's very important to maintain it. Another is to show the rest of the church and the rest of the world, um, you know, where we're coming from. It's to sort of speak out to them and... and um, get a place at the table, as it were. Because for Anglicanism, for Anglican. you mean? Yeah. Well, or for partly, evangelicalism? For, for, yes, for, for just the Christian world in general, yeah. that we represent Anglican evangelicals. And um, the, the pro one of the problems, of course, is that evangelicals do not generally have a very high reputation for scholarship, um, whether that's justified or not. I mean, it's a fact. And uh, I think it is important from that point of view to maintain a, a flagship uh, journal, um, you know, that, that can stand its own with, uh, with others in the field. Yeah, really helpful. I mean, you mentioned there about evangelicalism not always having a, a great reputation mm -hmm. for, for scholarly work. And I've certainly heard in evangelical churches real sus suspicion of academic theology in different ways and at different times. Maybe you could just say something about why actually that kind of scholarship is valuable not just for its own sake but for the church yes i think uh it is true that that academic theology has a bad reputation and uh, unfortunately it's often justified um a lot of academic theology is has no relevance to anything or anybody other mm. than the people who've written it and the small groups who discuss that kind of thing um, in that sense, I think that Churchman is uh, trying to be a kind of bridge, really, um, between the church and the academy. Uh, we don't publish highly technical uh, articles that only a specialist could, could understand. Um, we try to aim to get things that would be of interest to the general public, or at least the church-going public, um, but but also taken seriously in, within the academy. It's a balance, really, yes. to, to, to try to get there. Um, I think it's it's very difficult to, to know uh, from one year to the next, or even from one generation to the next, uh, you know, where we're coming from, where we're going, uh, and so on. Um, but uh, I know that over the years we've published uh, a number of things that... Uh, you know, get quoted here and there. Yes, and, definitely. And and, um, and people, I think, especially young scholars, young people setting out, know that there's somewhere they can turn 
um, to have their work published, yes. uh, you see, which is again very important. So we have um, many of the uh, churchmen back issues are available on the Church Society website. Right. People can go and look at and read for free. And the, there is some wonderful stuff there that's published, you know, some from names that people will know, uh, but some that, that may be unfamiliar. And it, it is a great resource of evangelicalism, from I'm not sure how far back our, our ones on the archive go, but certainly through the 20th century, um, there's, yes, there's material there. Right. Um, one thing that has changed, I guess, in the, the years that you've been involved with Churchmen is the rise of the internet. Yes. And many journals during that time have become digital-only journals. Churchmen is still a print journal. Why, why have you thought that was important? Well, we felt that it was important to maintain a print journal, at least for the time being, um, because there's still a lot of people who prefer that uh, for one reason or another. Um, how, you know, it's, not, it's not something that we're committed to or I've ever been committed to uh, dogmatically. Right. Uh, you know, we, could, we could move on to something else, and I suppose at some stage probably they, we will. Uh, I imagine there'll be a transitional phase when print and uh, mm. you know, digital are yeah, both so available, and then uh, you know, the print will gradually fade out or become just too expensive to Libraries maintain. fill up. And... Libraries fill up and things like mm. that, yes. And, um, you know, the, the, the journal will be much more readily available mm. uh, and people will download and so on. We haven't got to that stage yet. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I have noticed is that quite a lot of people want to publish with us because it's a print journal mm. still. Um, that may seem a little odd, but, uh, but people do. I think one of the, the factors is that um, with print journals, there's still a sense that you have some kind of quality control. I know that you know that's a difficult issue uh, right. in, in many ways. But, it, but I mean, Churchman is a peer-reviewed journal, and certainly some online journals are peer-reviewed as well. Right. But that you know, that's where the quality control happens, right. isn't it? That's right. And it's. But I think the the internet is still too new, mm. uh, and and not sufficiently well policed. Mm. Um, you know, there are still issues with that, and a number of people just feel more comfortable having things, you know, in in, in print still. Yes, I mean that will probably change, you know, over time. And uh, I mean, I'm not wedded to print no. for a print journal forever. Uh, you know, it's just something that we're maintaining for the time being okay. because the majority of our constituency prefers that. And we're, and we're, we're managing to sort of um, maintain that financially so at the moment that there's no pressing need and I guess that will be the thing as subscriptions uh, it will be, change, it, yes. that may be a, a yes. factor. Finance is bound to play a major part and, and also when a younger generation comes up which only reads online, you yes. see that's, that's coming. Yes, and it's very convenient. If you can get something online, particularly if you're not in a library, you can still read Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yes. But, but if, you're, you know, if you're trying to do some scholarship, you're in a vicarage out in the middle of nowhere, you can't always get to somewhere where they've got print no, copies of no, journals. and right. um, that That's an issue. So could you maybe say something about what your job has been? We've sort of mentioned briefly about sort of peer reviewing. And I know you've been involved in that whole process of how articles are received and, and dealt with. And, and so what, what is the job of the editor? 
Well, I think the job of the editor is uh, to try to get some kind of balance in the uh, in the articles that are presented, to to try to exercise some kind of quality control over people uh, who, who send things in. Um, this is, of course, extremely difficult for pe other people to gauge because nobody else knows what I receive. What the slush pile is like. That's right, you see, and, <laughs> and they sort of say, why did you publish that? And I, and I long to say, well, you should have seen what else. The other there. rubbish. Yes, <laughs> has come through. And, uh, you know, they don't know that. Sure. But, but actually, they've been spared quite a lot over the, over and the years. I guess it, the reality is you are, in general, restricted by what people submit. In a sense, we're, you know, we are um, beholden to what people are prepared to produce. And one of the hardest things I've found over the years is trying to get people hmm. motivated to do this. I mean, some... Well, how should I put it? There are a few people who are highly motivated, but, but their quality is not high. Um, and, uh, and other people whom you would love to publish who... Who, who don't get round to who it. Who don't get round to it. And, mm. you know, that's, that's, uh, it, it, is, tricky. it is a problem. But I think more importantly, and what, what people look for from me, is not so much the articles um, as the editorials. Right. Um, because I write a substantial editorial for every issue dealing mostly with current events of one kind or another. It is a problem in the sense that we're not a newspaper, and when you only come out four times a year, you do have to be very careful that you're, de you're de dealing with a subject that will still be of some relevance in, you know, in yes. three months' time, not something that's just blown up this week and... and um, yes, and gone the next. And never yes. be heard, heard from again. Mm. Um, and, uh, and some issues, is, 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 you, one has to um, uh, you, you know, try to uh, decide, is this really what we should be in, involved in? Uh, you need to look at something, things that you know, are, are, are more uh, of interest to the church as a whole. And there's plenty of that around, yes. uh, you know. Um, another problem, of course, is knowing at what moment is the right moment to strike. <coughs> because you get, for instance, all the, the, the sexuality issues that keep coming up. Um, one of the difficulties is that there's always another report or another right. panel or another something... Another which is, outrage. Which is, ...which is in the works and you don't really know when it's going to come and... Do you wait for that to happen, or do you, you, do say, you, something in, in advance, do you yeah. say something in advance? Very difficult. Um, one thing, though, I, I can say is that over the years, is that the editorials are widely read. Yes, certainly. Uh, I mean, even just this morning, I was talking to somebody, and I, I mentioned that you were stepping down, and he said, oh, that's the only bit I read in the journal. I don't think that's entirely true for everybody, but I know there are a lot of people who hotly anticipate your editorials. Yes, that's right, yes. And, and that's very flattering in a way. Um, I think it's fair to say um, a lot of that is because you're not afraid to, to take a view. Right. Um, your editorials are, you know, you, you set out a, a case for what you think. They're not reporting on an issue. They are telling us your editorial right. standpoint on yeah. an issue. And, and I think that's something you 
a lot of places are afraid to do, I think. Yes. They, they feel they must be balanced or even-handed, and that ends up being bland. Yeah. Um, and I don't think your editorials are known for being bland. No, but also I think, in fairness to myself, uh, I avoid personal attacks. Yes. I, I never or, uh, mention people by name, or very, very seldom, mm. uh, unless it can't be avoided. Mm. Um, and uh, and I think that's also very important because it's it's, it's never, not about the people. It's not about the no. people, no. And it's about the issues. And I've, I've tried to always to maintain that because I feel it's easier to to be forceful in what mm. you say if you're concentrated on the subject. Mm. Whereas if it looks like an attack on an individual, um, then of course it, it blunts the force of what yeah. you're saying and and can cause a lot of problems, you know, mm. not just with those people, but generally, but more, but yeah. more generally, because people think you're out to get them or, or whatever. Mm. And I've always resisted that. And um, sometimes people write to me privately, you know, about this or that. And um, if I feel that I've been unfair or something, I always apologize yeah. to the person concerned. And one of the things I do is that if somebody doesn't like something, you know, for a serious reason, other than you know, an objective reason, mm. not just because they don't, they don't happen to like it themselves, but they think I've been wrong or something yes. like that, I've always invited them to uh, to respond to respond mm. to write a write a response, and that's never happened, or very seldom. Mm. How has has anything That's ever come of it? Isn't it? Very interesting. Yeah. So, but I've always opened the door to that. Yes. You know, so well, do write do write a reply if you don't agree, and um, that usually is the end of the story. So, um, obviously, we we are very sad that you're stepping down, and it it is going to be a a big uh, what am I trying to say? Big shoes to fill. Mm. Um, but we are delighted that Peter Jensen has agreed to to take on the role. He will be writing the editorials mm. for us. Um, do you have any advice for Peter? Um, well, I, I, th I think to follow the, the the broad outlines of what I've just said, stick to subjects. Don't attack people. Um, you know, I think that's very important. Uh, be careful about, about the kind of subjects you choose. Make sure that they're things that are, are not just today's news, but something of a wider, mm. uh, you know, longer um, uh, importance. I think it will be interesting. I mean, I know um, you have an, an international career in, in many respects, but to uh, but Peter's base will not be in the UK. You know, his his ministry mm -hmm. and his his life is, is in Australia, mm -hmm. and I think it it will be an interesting thing to see what what shift maybe that brings. Um, as yes, I mean that's something that that's something we just have to wait and see. Yes. I mean, we can't know because Peter is is well travelled. Yes. he knows what's going on, and so on. Um, I think in, in my only comment there would be that uh, Peter's considerably older than I am. <laughs> And uh, I've stepped down because I've reached retirement age. Um, and I do, th I, I, th this is not a criticism mm. of him in any way. I think I'm, I'm glad he's been able I to. I don't think he's planning to do it for 35 years. No, no. Uh, and I, you know that it's, it's not meant that like that yeah. at all. But it is something that um, the evangelical world generally, but churchmen mm. in particular, needs to consider, and that is bringing on the younger generation. Yes. 
Um, you see, I mean, when I was asked to be editor, I was only 35 years old. Yes. And, um, and nowadays, you know, uh, it would be very difficult for somebody of that age yeah, to, to take to, that to on. Take the, on well, I think, so perhaps we should just say that, um, although we are delighted Peter Jensen is, is going to take on that role of editor and we'll have that sort of oversight and we'll write the editorials, a lot of the sort of managing editorial work um, has sort of been rejigged, um, and other members of the editorial board are taking on more responsibility in that, some of whom are much younger, um, and so on. The other thing I wanted to mention, um, which relates to that sort of bringing on younger people, is the Gerald Bray Essay Prize. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> the Gerald Bray <laughs> Essay Prize, this is um, uh, something that we have just launched. We, we are looking for entries uh, next October, so you've got plenty of time to think about it. And it is open to anyone who's not previously had an article published in Churchman. So you might have written a book review or something like that, but not have written a, an uh, article. A proper article yes. So that could be uh, somebody who is currently a student, maybe an ordinand, uh, somebody who's a curate, uh, somebody who's been in ministry for many years, somebody who's an early stage uh, scholar, researcher, um, somebody uh, who thinks, maybe I could write something suitable for publication. All the details are on our website. We would love to have uh, a huge uh, torrent of entries come in. Um, I wondered, so the, the criteria for the essay prize are the same as submission guidelines for a normal Churchman article. And our hope is, uh, well, our plan is that we will publish the, the winning article, but our hope is that we, we might actually publish more if they're, nice. they're suitable. Um, what would you say makes a good churchman article? A good churchman article covers its subject um, within a, a reasonable um, amount of space. I mean, we think in terms of five to 7,000 words, uh, which is main, what most people are, are, are prepared to put up with, yeah. re readers, you know, they don't want to read more than that. But in that space, to, uh, to develop whatever subject it is they've chosen, to make it clear what they're talking about, if it's an obscure subject particularly, um, what the issues are that you know, may have led them to, to write the article in the first place, and what uh, judgments the author has come to. Now, uh, it's the th the third element, which is potentially the most controversial, because of course not everybody comes to the same conclusions, and I, whether by luck or by by or, or <laughs> what, what I don't know, but there are certain subjects that, that we've not published on, and I, I can't say that we deliberately have not done so, but um, I don't recall anybody writing about them. I mean, for instance. Uh, creationism right. uh, as a subject uh, or charismatic gifts people just tend not to write about that at least if they do they don't submit the, the mm. material to us now of course we I, certainly would publish on both of those well, things well we publish on both of those subjects <coughs> uh, yes I mean it's not that we don't want to publish on them but I'm just mm. um, mentioning those as examples of subjects that are bound to be controversial yes um, I mean, unless you're doing a review article of recent publications in which different points of view are represented and you're just yeah. presenting that. If, if you yourself have a point of view, 
there's going to be somebody who doesn't share it, and maybe several people. And um, and this is something that uh, is is difficult because I myself have welcomed this. I mean, on different issues, and uh, you know, don't particularly have never particularly minded. Uh, publishing um, articles by people who've written on subjects that I personally disagree with. Yeah. Um, one of, the, in fact, one of the difficulties I've had is that people assume that uh, that they all, must agree with you. Well, and, or all and, articles yeah. in the journal are written by me under <laughs> an, an, under a pseudonym or something. And um, I mean, I don't know how they think you'd have time to do that. Well, no, but it's the way they think. You see yes. that there's some kind of censorship going on. Extraordinary. And um, and I try to say, well, no. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with what these people are saying. Yeah. And I said, if you don't agree with them, that's fine. Please write a, a response. Mm. Every once in a while, somebody does, and that's great. I'm, yeah. yeah, that's very good. We publish opposing uh, viewpoints, and that's also fine. Absolutely. In fact. That's how I became editor in the first place, because there was a controversy um, over the doctrine of scripture, mm. and one point of view was being published, and the other other points of view weren't. Mm. Uh, and uh, the editorial board at the time, you know, was was very severely criticised for mm. taking sides in mm. this kind of thing. So I've always been very conscious of this. I mean, not to um, uh, you know be too narrow in this yes. way. And uh, and especially with younger people, try to encourage them because younger people, um, you know, they like flying kites and so mm. on. And uh, especially if it's a spin-off from a PhD or something yes. like that. And uh, and I think, well, you know, let let, let them have their say. And yeah. um, if there's critical remarks or or, or whatever, uh, they learn from that. Um, and also, uh, other people are stimulated to write. You yes. see, which is which, which is, is great. Which is great. So don't it? be afraid to have a viewpoint. Don't be afraid to choose something controversial. That's right. Do be clear. Do get it in the word count. Um, and that's right. And 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 try to try to stay within the bounds of uh, general understanding. I think it's yes. very hard to say that you need to communicate to non-specialists. This is a this is a big issue, and this is one of the reasons why theology has such a bad name, uh, you know, in the, among the Christian public, because it appears to be too obscure yes. and irrelevant. And uh, so I try to get people to say, well, look, you know, address the non-specialist. Yes, don't and, assume we all know the Greek and Hebrew, for like, example. For example, or or are very aware of the technicalities of the discussion going on. Yes, and. Um, I mean, if, uh, f for example, people talk about um, you know, some very obscure philosophical issues uh, that come up, I mean, um, I have, more, on more than one occasion, basically translated this stuff into English, yes. into normal English. Yes, yeah, so that somebody so, else so that can actually can follow it. Yes. yes, and I try Helpful. to, try to um, exclude... Um, you know, so te maybe a, technical jargon. Maybe a good uh, test case is because, church, you know, Churchman is designed to be a journal that can be read by non-specialists, by non-academics. So if you're thinking of submitting an article, give it to somebody in your church to read 
and ask them if they can make sense of it Absolutely. would be a great sort of test case yes. for that. Have you explained it clearly enough? Absolutely. Um, that's a very good, like that. that's a very good piece of advice. Somebody who's an intelligent reader, yeah. but not a specialist in the field. Yes. And, um, and they'll tell you, I had no idea what you were talking about in this paragraph, and right. you know you need to rewrite right. it. Gerald, just before we finish, um, you are stepping down from Churchman, but you're not um, retiring completely, are you? Tell us some of the things that you're still doing. What oh. can we be looking forward to? What books have you got coming out? Well, yes, I've just, I've just compiled a list of, of the items that I'm working on at the moment, or have been in, in the past 12 months, and uh, I'm up to 22 at the moment, <laughs> which range all the way from, from you know, relatively short articles uh, to full-size books. And uh, I shall continue doing that, um, uh, definitely. And uh, what, what I really hope to be able to do is to act as a kind of resource person for younger people. Um, you know, people write to me and they ask, what about this, what about that, and, and you know, and so on. And, of course, if I haven't got a personal interest in, in you know, whatever it is they're doing, I mean, I'm not trying to... to, to You're not expert on everything. Well, I'm an expert on everything, but I'm also not trying to stop somebody else publishing because, actually, I've got a book on that subject which sure. is about to come out, you know, and I don't yeah. want a rival. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, you know, to try to, to help mm. people and, and orient them and so on. And, and how would people, um, if somebody's listening to this thinking, well, actually, I could do with some advice or an input from somebody like Gerald, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, they could write, they can write to me. I'm easily findable on the web. Okay. Um, uh, you know, all you have to do is look up, um, the Latimer Trust, uh, which I work for, and I'm there. Fine. And people can. We can maybe put a, a link to the Latimer Trust website yes, on our yes, podcast right, uh, page when this goes right. out. I mean, Perfect. I'm actually quite easy to find. I'm blessed with. There's a, only one Gerald Bray. Well, this is actually true. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to have a name that isn't so odd that, that people, you know, wonder where you're from. Yeah. Um, but. But not so common that you're you get confused with ten others, ten other people, you know, <laughs> and um, it, it is quite an advantage there because people just, you know, they, they, I mean, there are other people with my name, but they're very, very, obscure. and there are probably not very many other Reverend Professor Gerald no, Bray's. No, 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 not really. Lovely, good. Thank you so much for talking to us, Gerald, and thank you uh, particularly for everything you've done for Churchmen over many years. Well, thank you so much. If you're interested uh, in finding out more about Churchman, you can read uh, some of the archive uh, editions of Churchman on the Church Society website. They go back, uh, as I say, many years, and you can read up to, I think, about 2014 online there. You can subscribe to Churchman. Uh, you can purchase an individual uh, issue or you can set up an annual subscription. And if you're a member of Church Society, you get a discounted rate on that. If you're a student, uh, I think you get it complimentary with your Church Society's membership. Um, there is also an archive on our website, which I'll put a link to in the blog post that goes with this podcast, where you can read all of Gerald's 140 editorials that he has written for Churchmen. You'll also find details of the Gerald Bray Essay Prize. And again, I'll put a link to that uh, in the uh, 
blog post that goes with this podcast. We hope that you will uh, consider entering uh, for that competition if you're somebody who's not written previously for Churchman. We are always looking for new contributors to the journal. But if you're thinking, I'm not sure I could quite uh, produce uh, an article, we're also always looking for new people to join our list of book reviewers. You don't need to have a theological training for that. You don't need to have a specialism. We review a wide range of Christian books, uh, academic and non-academic, and we'd love to hear from you if you would be interested in being involved in that part of our work. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Church Society podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast. If you've got any ideas or comments for the podcast, do email me, ros at churchsociety.org. And don't forget to tune in again next week. Mm -hmm.